want to tell you a little bit about a, a circumstance that Sarah and I had uh, a number of years ago. I, I, you know, an old timer told me one time that the older you get, the faster the years go by. And I found that is very, very much true. It's hard for me to believe that we're already in April. Sometimes as difficult as 2020 was, it's, uh, when I look back at it, it seems like it was just a flash in a pan, so to speak. But in 2018, Sarah and I had opportunity to make our first ever trip to the West Coast. We went to Sacramento, California. We went there to attend um, my commencement exercises as I was graduating from Bible college. So while we were there, we took a couple extra days. And uh, to be frank with you, I wish we had taken more than a couple extra days. I actually loved the West Coast, I, the part we were in anyway. I, I really liked California. So we took these couple of days while we were there, and we drove down the coastal highway, that coastal highway that leads you down through the Napa Valley, beautiful, beautiful country, uh, and it leads you down into the city of San Francisco. Well, while we were there in the San Francisco area, we got to visit Folsom Prison. Is there any Johnny Cash fans in the house? Maybe one or two. Okay, the rest of you, just ashamed. Don't be ashamed. We got we got to go and actually tour the 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 part that they'll let you tour of Folsom Prison and view the walls and what and it still operates. We actually got we drove by San Quentin Prison. Some of y'all again Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, you know San Quentin. And uh, so I don't know what it was about the prisons. We also, we tried to get on one of the ferries going across San Francisco Bay to go to the real Alcatraz. I probably had kin people there, I don't know. But we tried, we, but, but they told us we couldn't because you had to book six months in advance to get to Alcatraz. Can you believe that? No. So, so it was sort of ended up, that day ended up being a prison trip. But, but I never will forget, it's, it's, it's engraved in my memory when we got on that coastal highway and we, we topped the ridge where San Quentin, uh, prison is at. As you top that ridge and, and, and this part of California is not flat by any means and we saw that those tremendous, those tremendous reddish orange looking structures in the skyline and it didn't take us long to figure out that that was the Golden Gate Bridge. Now that Golden Gate Bridge, it was it's pretty pretty phenomenal in in to say the least. You know, we we toured the Fisherman's Wharf, we saw the streetcars in in San Francisco, we got photos of Alcatraz, even though we didn't go across the bay, uh, and we got to attend. By the way, we were there on a weekend. We attended uh, worship service at Jesus Culture, which is in Folsom, just right down the road from the prison. Go figure. But it was an amazing trip. But this most memorable moment was when we crossed that mountain and we saw the Golden Gate Bridge that spans from one mountaintop to another mountaintop covering the San Francisco Bay. What a sight it was. The, the, the Golden Gate Bridge is still considered one of the modern wonders of this age, even though she is nearly 100 years old. If you've never been there, go check it out. 
Her, her massive orange structure spans that, that very choppy, and this picture doesn't do it justice, but the very choppy waters of the San Francisco Bay. If, if you notice that last picture, you notice Sarah's all standing like this. We were there in July, but the high for the day was 55 degrees. I thought when you went to California, you were supposed to get a suntan and burn up. But boy, were we wrong. It's because the air comes off the coast of Alaska and Canadian, picks up Canadian air and it comes down and it turns into this bay and as it comes across that cold water as the current flows southwardly, then it's, it's called, if you would, you know, Bluefield's been called nation's air-conditioned city, I think. But in fact, San Francisco is the real air-conditioned city. Most buildings in San Francisco have no AC in them. If you get a day that's 70 degrees, it's hot. We literally froze to death. We didn't even take a jacket with us. So the water is cold. The water is choppy. And it's it's a rocky area. But that big bridge spans from one mountain to the next mountain. Some mile and a half in length. And that is the second largest expansion bridge in all of the world. But the dream of that bridge occurred back in 1923 when a fellow dreamed of a way to span that bay to get from the city of San Francisco into Marin County. So they begin to work and, and erect these columns and, and, and they found that, that in these columns there's two massive towers that tower 750 feet in the air. They're intertwined with 80,000. Those things that look like ropes are steel cables that that are this big around. And and there's 80,000 miles of cable intertwined in this bridge. There's not only 80,000 pounds of cable, but that's made, that by the way, that's made up of 27,572 individual strands. But there are 200 million 200 million tons of concrete that was poured into this massive structure. There is, that is enough concrete if you started pouring a sidewalk in New York City, six inches deep and five foot wide, you could have a paved sidewalk from New York City all the way to San Francisco. With that much concrete. You see, this, this is massive. It's large, but it all started with somebody having a vision of spanning the gap. So construction was completed in 1937. Right now, right now, current day, it's estimated that 118,000 vehicles travel the six lanes that make up vehicular traffic along with 10,000 people that travel either by foot or bicycle in the pedestrian lanes every single day on the Golden Gate Bridge. If you average two people per car, which is a very, very, very modest estimate, if you average two people per car, that means that 12 million people cross that ravine every single day because there's a bridge. 
getting the bridge there was tough. That's what it looked like back in the early 1900s before somebody had that dream of building a bridge. The bridge made that way again through choppy seas in the cold waters of San Francisco Bay. It was nearly in, uh, nearly impossible to navigate, but it wasn't able to, people weren't able to swim. In fact, one of the reasons that the prison at Alcatraz is out there on that rock that's in the middle of San Francisco Bay is even if somebody broke out of the building itself, they would never survive getting to land. But the bridge made a way where there was no way. It is the means, was and is the means of crossing that chasm that is otherwise seemingly impossible to cross. You see, every one of us in this room today, every person watching by Facebook Live, every person that's listening on our, our, our internet radio, EV radio, every person that exists on the face of the earth has a chasm before them. That chasm is deeper than we can imagine. That, that chasm is, is wider than, than we can negotiate. That chasm is before us and, and, and that chasm separates us, of course, from what's on the other side. The chasm that I'm referring to is the curse of sin. It's not necessarily anything that you did. It's not, necessarily any place that you've been it's not necessarily anything that you've done but but it is but it is the result of fallen humanity that resulted when adam fell in the garden thousands and thousands of years ago and and, and a perfect a perfect community a small community yes adam and eve and and then god came down and walked in the cool of the day but it was a perfect community although it was small a perfect community is interrupted by the failure of of a person that person being adam and because of the failure of that person adam walking in disobedience to one command of god that he had we find that sin entered the earth and man became human Human meaning hewn out of man. Man became incomplete. We, we, man, man, Adam, Adam and Eve were complete in their, in their original state, but sin caused them to be less than complete because sin created a chasm. A chasm that separated them from God. And as God came down in the cool of the day, it wasn't that he was ignorant to the fact, it wasn't that he doesn't know what's going on, but, but he, he, he already knew and he realized because he is God, he's omnipotent and he's omnipresent and he's omniscient, so he sees everything, he knows everything, and he is everywhere. But God looked at it down and he, he knew what had happened, and yet he cried out, Adam, where are you at? Now Adam was hiding. He had separated, he was hiding, he was full. So you see, Adam had never known shame before in his life, but now all of a sudden Adam understood shame. And he was hiding, he and his mate were hiding themselves from God. And God 
a loving God, a God, a gracious God. He could have destroyed Adam and Eve. He could, he could have said, okay, guys, I'm just ending it right here. You know, you, you blew, you blew it. You had one job to do and you blew it. I'm going to end it here. But God didn't do that. But we do know that God did send Adam and Eve out of that garden. You see, that chasm was created. That chasm that's deep. That chasm that's wide. That chasm still exists today. So what we realize is only thing that we can do is we, we can't cross it, but we can get a glimpse of the other side. We had a little bit of a glimpse of the other side in worship here this morning. But how do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get from, how do we get from this right side over to the left. How do we cross that gap? Uh, that, that guy, you know, the, the, the graphics is not too great when you blow the picture up. That almost looks like Batman standing up there, doesn't it? But that, but even Batman can't cross that chasm. He can't, it, Spider-Man can't shoot a web and, and, and catapult across that chasm. There is only one way to get across that chasm. There is only one way for you and I to get across there's no way around, there's no way under it, there's no way over it, there's no way to leap it. What we need is a bridge. A bridge. San Francisco Bay's need of a bridge was minor in comparison to your need and my need of a bridge. You see, you see, the bridge that we need to cross from one, one, one cliff, if you would, over to the other, to get from one mountain to the next mountain, to go across, it's more than a valley, it's a deep chasm, it, it, it if you would, it is in, in, indefinite, it's infinite in its depth and its width, it's a chasm we can't cross. But great mercy, my son Zach spoke about the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. You see, when Jesus spread his arms, and when he, he gave his life, they didn't, he wasn't killed. He gave his life. He allowed somebody to nail him to a cross, of course. But Jesus willfully gave his life. He could have fought back. He even prayed as he prayed in the garden. Look, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It, it was the will of his Father that he be nailed to a cross. And as his arms were spread on that cross, he created a bridge through his shed blood that that enables you and I to cross from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop. On one mountaintop is a, is, is a mountaintop of trouble and despair. On the next mountaintop is the mountaintop of the presence of the King, the presence of the Lord. And Jesus created the bridge for us to cross over that separating, that dividing chasm of sin. It's... It's not about steel and concrete anymore. But this bridge has immeasurable strength. You see, everybody's waiting for the big one to hit California. And, and I know, you know, we toured some of the stuff of the, of the San Francisco Bay Bridge and, and there, there was engineering and design. That thing, I think that thing moves, if I remember correctly, that bridge unbelievably moves 27 feet. From one end to the other. There's that much expansion in that bridge in a mile and a half. And it's done so because when that big one hits California, they don't want that bridge. Hopefully that bridge is not going to fall because it's susceptible to failure. Because the steel and the concrete may not withstand the storm. 
But let me tell you, the bridge that Jesus built that covers that chasm, that chasm of sin, that chasm that's deep, that chasm's wide, there is not a storm, there is not thunder, there is not lightning, there is not rain, sleet, snow, hell, there is not an earthquake, there is not a tornado, there is not a hurricane, there is nothing, nothing, no, not anything that can destroy the bridge that Jesus built as He spans from one mountain to the next mountain, that chasm a sin and that bridge is the bridge that leads to eternal life. So we can't cross it on our own. The Golden Gate Bridge is the most photographed fixture, one of the most photographed fixtures on the face of the earth. People travel from all over the world to see the Golden Gate Bridge. Especially from Asia. They want to see its majestic beauty and they want to make a trip over it. Sarah and I made a trip over it. It cost you seven bucks. I told her we should have parked and walked. You can walk across it for free. But it was cold. Seven bucks. People pay that. People will have pictures made with it. They'll hire photographers. People, it's, people are marveled at the bridge. But I want you to know, Jesus is a far greater marvel. Jesus is a, is, he is far more magnificent than a thousands and thousands of Golden Gate bridges put together. Jesus is, is, he, he's not a wonder of the world. He is the wonder of the universe because everything that exists was created in his hand. And I find great comfort when I read 1 Timothy chapter 2. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, we find that, that, that Timothy, Paul identifies to Timothy the value of the bridge. Because you see, there, there are, if you want to drive far enough, there's ways to go from San Francisco to Northern California. You can bypass the San Francisco Bay. It's a long ways out of your way, but you can go way around, and you can get around the bridge. Let me tell you something. You will never get to heaven avoiding the bridge. You will never get to heaven avoiding the bridge. And Timothy, Paul told Timothy, he wrote his young, his, his, his young, uh, mentor, if you will, or mentoree, he says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed. At the proper time. You see, he said he's been given as a ransom. We, we, we saw the cop shows. We saw the detective shows. We've watched FBI where they, where they kidnap somebody and they hold them hostage and demand a ransom. Let me, let me explain this to you. You and I are being held ransom by sin. Until Jesus comes along. And when Jesus comes along, that, that million dollars, that trillion dollars, the billions of dollars, whatever, whatever it can be, that, 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 that is, that you're being held hostage for, for say, Jesus come along and, and He paid a price that cannot be measured, but, and He stood in your place and He took your ransom. You know what that means? It means you're free. It means you're set free. It means, it means you're released from captivity. And that's what Paul is saying to young Timothy. Uh, 
I mentioned to you about the toll bridge. Actually, it's it's seven dollars and seventy cents. Unless you're driving a big truck. If you're driving a big tractor trailer, any truck drivers in the house? It costs right now. It costs forty dollars to take a big truck across the San Francisco Bridge. I did the math. That thing nets some. That thing nets. Realize that thing nets about a half a million dollars between a half and three quarters of a million dollars per day. It's costly. And let me tell you something. The the bridge that bridges the gap, that chasm that has us separated from the presence of God, that bridge costs something. But the charge is not laid to you and I. You see, the cost was put on Jesus' shoulders. The cost came through Jesus' hands and His feet. You see, it doesn't cost us anything to cross that Jesus bridge except for putting our faith in Him. And believing Him as our, as our Lord and as our Savior. So, the span that's across in front of us, that deep chasm, that it's there, but there's a way to cross it. If we will only believe. If we will only trust the Lord. Eleven construction workers died in the building of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, it's, it's a little, it's a little fascinating in some ways when you think about it because sad as it was, there was only one man that was killed actually in an accident but then there was a separate accident later on nearing the completion of the bridge when 10 men were killed all at one time but there there somebody gave their life actually 11 men gave their life in the construction of that mighty bridge that spans the icy harbor that connects San Francisco to Marin County All of the concrete, millions of tons, all of the 80,000 miles of cabling, all of that. Eleven men gave their life. I want you to know this morning that there's only one man gave his life to build the bridge that you and I need this morning. Only one man gave his life and, and, and it was the ultimate sacrifice. If you want to go to Hebrews chapter 7, I don't have all of the Scripture up there, but I want to read you this from Hebrews chapter 7. Starting at verse number 23, the Scripture says, Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. There were many high priests that existed. He said, but because Jesus lives forever... He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our needs. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. And unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. 
First for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for their sins once and for all, when all offered to him. The Golden Gate Bridge began as a dream of a guy named Michael I may not get this exactly right. Oshagnesi. Michael Oshagnesi. He had a vision. A vision or a revelation that there could be a bridge that would span from San Francisco to Milan County. Across terribly frigid, rough, cold, rocky waters. I prefer to think of that metaphor. And I read Proverbs chapter 29 I find a verse of scripture that says where there is no vision and that word means revelation I've been in ministry a long time and through the years I've been to all kind of leadership conferences and stuff like that they're all they're all good and proper in their place but I've heard about people you got to have vision you got to have vision businesses you got to have vision and, and that's that is true it's all well and all good but let me explain to you when when you read that when you read that proverb where there is no vision that could that is more rightly if you would interpret it revelation you see back in the back in the uh in the New Testament you know, when when Jesus dealt with Peter, Peter was a hardhead. Peter struggled. Peter, Peter, Peter really gave Jesus a lot of problems, okay? And, and but Jesus says to Peter, he said, But who do you say that I am? He says, Who's, who, who are people saying that I am? And Peter goes down to all this. He said, But who do you say I am, Peter? Peter said, You are the Christ, the anointed one. You're the Messiah. You're Jesus. He said, he said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Peter. He said, but what's revealed this to you is come through and by the work of the Holy Spirit. He said, and because that the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you today, you see, his name was actually Simon. He said, I'm not going to call you Simon any further, but I'm going to change your name to Peter, which means Petra, not the rock group, but Petra, he said, because upon this rock, not Peter, but upon this rock, the revelation that I am the Christ, I am the anointed one, on that revelation I will build my church. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is the rock that spans the chasm. He is the bridge that will take you from one side to the other side. He is the only way that you will ever make it safely home to the other side. Today, He is not in a tomb in Jerusalem, Sarah and I went in that place back in 2012 and it's damp and it's musty and there's nothing laying in there but a couple rock beds and there's a sign somebody made that said he is not here but he is risen. We come out of that cave and I know better than ever before that Jesus is not in a tomb. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. I'm not a high pressure salesman. 
I just gave you my sales campaign. It's not a pitch because a pitch may not be true. But I just give you the truth of a, of a, of a sales agreement, if you would, like none other that you've ever been offered in your, in your life. When the world can't make you an offer, they can't nobody call and extend your car warranty. They can't, none, none of those things can happen. And, and you can have an offer. You can have all the warranties that you want in your life. You can have a new car warranty. You can have furniture warranty. You can have an electronics warranty on your TV. But none of them can compare to when Jesus said. Because Jesus said He cannot lie. What He says is true. And He will not go back on His word. And He said in His Word that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. He said that with our heart we believe unto salvation. With your mind you believe unto salvation. And with your mouth you confess that Jesus is Lord. And with those two elements alone therefore you can be saved. And the bridge is built. And the chasm is still there. But you've got a way to cross. And you can cross to the other side. I want to ask you a question this morning. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm definitely not going to embarrass you because I don't like to be embarrassed myself. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, and you know before you is the chasm. And there is no bridge over the chasm. You have never, you have never... You have never pursued Jesus in a personal relationship. You have never sought for Him to build a bridge before you. You have never, you have never asked Him to, to, to make a way where there is no way. If that's you this morning, this is what I want you to do. Real quickly, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Promise I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there another one in this room? Maybe you're here and, and you once had a relationship with the Lord. You once, you once walked with Him and talked with Him. But you've let that relationship deteriorate. You've let that relationship dwindle. And today, you need to restore that relationship. Will you just slip up your hand real quickly and say, pray for me, Pastor. Promise you I won't embarrass you. Thank you. Is there any others in the room right now? Anyone else? This is what I want to ask you to do for me today. I want you to look at me. I promise I wasn't going to embarrass you and I won't. But those of you that raised your hand in this room this morning, I want you to know this thought about something I really hadn't included in, in my in my illustration. When I when Sarah and I drove across the Golden Gate Bridge I actually got in trouble I caused a traffic jam they don't do toll gates anymore like you know they have up here on the uh, turnpike they quit doing toll gates they take a picture of your tag when you go through and they send you a bill in the mail I didn't know that so I saw the toll gates there and I stopped right in the middle of all of those six lanes of traffic and everybody's laying on their horns. Bit of an embarrassing moment, but hey, I'm just a country boy in San Francisco and, and I just thought I was supposed to stop, you know? But you know what happened though? This is what I want, the point I want to make with you. I crossed that bridge. I crossed the bridge that spanned the gap, but I, I didn't have to pay anything until after it was all over with. When Jesus, Jesus has paid the toll in advance, so to speak. 
He has made the way. He has made the way. Those of you that raised your hand, I want to read something to you found in Romans chapter 10, and then we're going to pray. He says, But the righteous that is by faith says, Do not say to your in your heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is being bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you and it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between Jew, Gentile, black, white, Asian, short, tall, or anything else. He says, The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon Him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand in this room right now, I want you to, I want you, and if you've been a Christian for 50 or 60 years, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus! Jesus! Thank you! We're glad you're alive. We're glad you're alive. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the blood. We believe, we believe that it is sufficient. It is sufficient. Today, Today I, ask for new I ask for new beginnings. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. The ransom's paid in your blood. I ask you. To clean me. To sanctify me. Make me whole. Complete. Today, I acknowledge you as Lord. Savior of the world. No other Savior. Just you, Jesus. I exercise faith. I believe in my heart. I haven't seen you, but I've heard. And the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So today, in faith, I believe you in my heart and I've acknowledged you as Lord with my mouth. So I make a declaration today. Based on the scripture that Pastor just read, that I am saved. I'm born again. I am free. I'm walking on the bridge. I'm crossing the chasm. And I'm leading me and it's leading me to the other side. I praise you, Jesus. I love you. And I accept your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you have prayed that prayer today, if you sincerely prayed that prayer today, let me tell you something. All you have to do is start proclaiming your faith. Start proclaiming your faith. 
knowing that Jesus has saved you because He is faithful. And that bridge, that guy, I, I saw this picture. It didn't quite fit the context of some of the rest of them. But I like this, that guy, that silhouetted guy. He's out there. And there's an old song we used to sing years ago. It said, goodbye world, goodbye. I like that. A guy, he's sitting out there saying, so long. He's crossing the bridge. I hope you cross the bridge this morning.